Hey everybody, so before we jump into today's podcast, I just wanted to A, thank you guys, give you a little bit of a reminder. If you enjoy this content, however you're watching it, consuming it, please like, follow, subscribe, whatever you gotta do, comment on it. If you can, leave us a review. It really helps us out and it can help grow our platform and reach more people. And if you know someone that can benefit from this, please share it with them. If you have a question, if you wanna reach out to us, let us know. And then lastly, we have all of our amazing programs, courses, and coaching available in the resources below. So check that out. Definitely take advantage of it. We have everything from free options all the way up to paid programs and everything in between to fit pretty much anyone's budget. And it's just a matter of how customized it's going to be based on the price point. So there's really something for everybody. Thank you guys. Let's get on into the episode. Yeah, fighters. What's up, everybody? Mike here, Life of a Fighter podcast, episode 98. And today's podcast, we are going to be diving into our fighter's guide to food shopping. And before we jump into the podcast, got some sponsors, got some ad reads for you guys, all that fun stuff. We'll get that out of the way now. So first one, shout out to NutriPrice, our online food shopping provider. So they're kind of one of the inspirations for this particular topic because I get a lot of questions about not only food shopping, but the difference between food shopping at, let's say, a local grocery store and also food shopping online. NutriPrice is a great option where you can not only get your food needs from the grocery store, all those things at a competitive price, but you can also get different supplement and healthcare and beauty product needs as well. So again, NutriPrice.com. And the beautiful thing for our listeners, your first three orders, you're going to get 15% off. And they also have some great rewards programs. So as you continue to shop, you'll get some incentives, discounts, all that good stuff. Um, you also get free shipping. So check them out, NutriPrice.com. Or you can click the link below. We'll link over to them. You'll see them on the website. Uh, we appreciate the support. So we appreciate if you guys are a supporter of Life of a Fighter, you can give NutriPrice some support. Um, and again, those have some really cool recipes and things up on the blog that you guys might find helpful as well as some other products that go beyond, like we said, just the grocery shopping items, whether it's beauty care, supplements, baby care, um, talking about other different types of micronutrients, again, in the supplement needs, all that good stuff. They're vegan-friendly, organic, non-GMO, gluten-free, dairy-free, yeast-free, wheat-free, kosher, what? You got all these different type of options for you guys. And they have some of my favorite items, dried mangoes and the dark chocolate combo. So I highly recommend If you guys haven't checked out, by the way, dried fruit with dark chocolate post-workout, um, depending again on your, your nutrition protocol and what kind of diet or nutrition lifestyle you're on. If it's successful for you guys to have carbs, I highly recommend post-workout. Get the mangoes. Get the dark chocolate. It's awesome with the antioxidants, flavor, taste. Meets a nice uh, sweet tooth if you have it, and it's really not going to be too bad for you as far as the food that you're choosing. So check them out. And as always, this podcast and every podcast is brought to you by our Life of a Fighter shop. We have our Fitness and Nutrition Vault membership still up there. We have a couple slots open for our Pro Coach program as well, as well as our Premium program. And we're also brought to you by Audible. Again, you're going to hear me keep talking about them. Um, the next month is going to be our new book we got out uh, with Audible. And when I say a new book, the new book in our challenge. Every month, I'm going to be downloading a book, listening to it, breaking it down with you guys, and then recapping some of the big takeaways I got. So Audible is our partner for that. So you can get uh, a free book when you first sign up. 
and if you don't like it after 30 days, you can cancel, no problem, no cost to you. You got a free book out of it, so take advantage. And also, our last sponsor is Amazon. Again, if you guys support the podcast or you want to support the podcast, you can click on the link below for any of your Amazon purchases. We get um, a kickback on that. It doesn't cost you guys anything. Again, not crazy uh, money driver for it, but we appreciate any support you can get. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us on social media. As always, at The Life of a Fighter on Instagram, at Life of a Fighter on everything else. And without further ado, let's jump on into it. So, again, you heard me mention NutriPrice as our online food shopping partner, and that's one aspect to our grocery shopping fighter's guide is now with technology, the beauty is you have the ability to order online a lot of the groceries and foods you need. Whether you see the bigger companies like Amazon or um, a Thrive Marketplace or a NutriPrice, um, obviously I recommend NutriPrice for obvious reasons. They're a sponsor of ours. I use them. Um, but one thing I will say and that I wanted to cover in the Fighter's Guide to Food Shopping is there's still going to be certain things that we're not going to want to necessarily order online. So perishable items specifically are going to be things that ideally we want to get from a local store or food market. Okay, So I'm not going to sit here and tell you, hey, even though you could, there's a lot of options where you can still order online and get perishable items online, but I really do recommend And again, I'm not going to knock it if you guys are busy and it's just easier for you, hey, and that's going to be your best option. By all means, you can go for it, but I really recommend invest in yourselves and invest the time and schedule your your weeks properly or months properly. Or again, you can even use a service like what we provide. We can go food shopping for you guys. That's one of the uh, services we offer in our premium membership. Or you could find someone that's close to you if it's not us or figure out a way or make it in your schedule if you have the opportunity to do so where you go to the local food store. And ideally, locally sourced food items are going to be best. So what I mean by that is try not to go to the Wallbaums of the world or the, now the Wallbaums are kind of, in the past days, um, even your bigger stores like your Targets or things like that and get your vegetables and your fruits. And hey, if you're getting vegetables and fruits and that's going to be your only source, it's better than nothing. But ideally, we want locally sourced. So try and go to a farmer's market where they're going to have seasonal items that aren't going to be transported hundreds if not thousands of miles that are going to have preservatives put on them. They're going to be pre-ripened and then really kind of modified again this is where gmos can get uh, kind of a crazy reputation to go beyond it but the the downside to gmos is that it's not necessarily about um where we have to have everything has to be non-gmo in the sense that um we can't have any modification the key here though is why are they using this genetic modification and what are we giving up there what i mean by that is for example let's take tomatoes um if you taste a tomato that's fresh from your backyard even the shape, the size, and the texture, and again, the taste, is going to be different than if you get it at your local grocery store that's going to be a bigger chain or a commercial chain that's going to, let's say, ship it from, if you're in the Midwest, it's getting it from California, and it's going to be pre-ripe, and that's where the genetic modification comes into play, where they're going to have it altered in color so it looks presentable, but the taste just isn't there. That's where the downside, in my opinion, of GMOs comes really into play on top of the potential long-term side effects that we may or may not fully um, have not only tangible data but really a good understanding of because whether we realize it or not, and we've talked about this in prior episodes even with uh, different dietitians and nutritionists and myself, the idea that 
evolutionarily, we've been genetically modifying organisms just through those Darwinistic ideas and evolutionary steps of, okay, the ripest fruits, the best tasting or, or the sweeter taste, we're going to kind of breed those naturally. Now, there's a difference between a natural uh, evolutionary step of genetic modification and when we start to take it into a laboratory and introduce synthetic either chemicals or mixtures or things like that. That's where it can start to have a more negative impact. Some things we still might not even be seeing. So anyways, long story short, I think the ideal situation is to get perishable items from a local food market or from your grocery store in person where you can pick it out or your local butcher if you're going to get your meats and make sure you're getting the best quality that can fit into your budget and also into the area that you're from. And then for the dry items or non-perishable items, that's where you can get your online food shopping more and more and more, again, with the neutral prices of the world or whatever maybe your, your favorite online shopping source is. So, for example, like I was talking about dried fruits or dark chocolate, or you can even have, um, let's say, the powdered uh, – some people like powdered. I, I don't necessarily – I'm a big fan of that, but I even like almond milk or things like that where – doesn't necessarily need to be refrigerated. It's going to go bad if it's not staying at a certain temperature. Or again, the fruits and vegetables or your meats or dairy products, things like that. That's obviously not something you really want to get online. That's something you want to go in in person. So that's one part of the equation. The first thing I wanted to cover right out of the gate. Now let's say, okay, we, we, we went online. We went to our website. We got all those non-perishable dry items ordered. You can set up either a weekly, a monthly order where it can constantly come to you or you could just order it as you need it depending on what you need and even again beauty with technology supplements you can order online but especially with supplements i recommend that we be very very weary and i've broken this down in prior uh, articles even and and podcasts we've discussed where do research on the supplement brands that you're using and that's also why i like nutriprice is they provide their uh supplement brands that they've worked with that are going to be and, – and again, even if they put them up, still do your research there as well, especially if you're an athlete or someone that's a competitor that has to worry about any kind of drug test, especially at a collegiate level. You want to be aware of what you're putting into your body, okay? It's not as easy as, well, ignorance is bliss and saying, oh, well, I didn't know. That's not okay. You have to take it upon yourself to know what you're putting into your body. Now, let's say you're not an athlete. You don't have to worry about drug tests. You still want to know what's going into your supplements and even into your food in general because at the end of the day, it's your body, right? So if you don't know what's going in, you don't know the ingredients, or you're not really taking the time to look at the ingredients, you're doing yourself a disservice. So that comes into play not only online, but even in person. And the next kind of phase I want to transition this into is when we're looking at ingredients and we're looking at the back of our uh, nutrition label, what are we looking for? So there's a lot to look for, honestly, and I don't want to go too in-depth on specific because there's hundreds of ingredients out there, if not thousands, and there's a lot of different things we can say are do's and don'ts, but a big one, and this is something we've brought up in our kitchen rescue pack that I've gone over in the past, and I wanted to bring it back up in this podcast, and again, we're making it available for you guys, if you follow the links below, um, it's also available as part of our fitness nutrition vault and bundle. Um, not only do we break down you know, how you're going to make the perfect meal, but when you're going food shopping, what you're looking for, how to compose and um, just have the right consistency of different types of food, but also the ingredients we're looking for too. And to keep it as simple as possible, if you look at a nutrition label – and you see more than 20 ingredients, let's just take that right off the bat. If you see more than 20 ingredients, and unless you're buying, let's say, 
I don't know, a pre-mixed salad that has 20 different types of ingredients in it, you don't want that. You don't want to see different types of chemicals and different types of additives and preservatives and things you can't even pronounce. That's a big indicator right off the bat. Like especially if you look at a cereal box for most nutritionally, and that's another cereal can be one that you can get online. And that's why I like NutriPrice. They have not just your typical General Mills or bigger commercial brand cereals that are going to have a lot of those ingredients that are going to go a little bit beyond what we're looking for, but they also have some better choices there. Now, again, some of you may be kind of screaming at at the mic right now. What are you talking about? Cereals, carbohydrates are bad. Cereals bad. Grains are bad. All that good stuff. Now, again, I don't think you can, and, and this is something that I want you guys to think about: is you can't vilify vilify one particular food item or source in and of itself without understanding who are we talking about. If you have celiac, if you have a gluten sensitivity, if you have a dairy sensitivity, any of those things, then yeah, of course, those sensitivities are going to lead you to not want to consume those foods. But if you do not have a sensitivity to your wheats or your glutens or anything like that, which some of you may argue and there, there can be research that argue for and against different avenues of sensitivity to it, I'm not going to sit here saying that you know all wheat and all gluten having in your diet on a daily basis is great for you, but... It depends on what spectrum or what part of the spectrum you're at. If you're just getting into nutrition and you're used to eating um, snacks of, let's say, Snickers and sugary items and cereals and grains and your, your regular types of American diet, what we think of where it's food on the go and things like that, I'm not going to tell you, okay, you got to erase all of that and now we have to completely 180 and turn to a complete raw, complete vegan, complete organic, non-GMO. That, that's just not realistic. So what I look at is transitionary steps going from wherever we are, where do we want to be, and how are we going to get those middle roads there? So Because sometimes having cereal as part of your nutrition protocol may be a stepping stone to getting to a place where we're going to eliminate gluten from your diet altogether, maybe, or wheat from your diet altogether, or, or any kind of variation of that. But we can't just 180 altogether and change all these different things. You're setting yourself up for failure, and we've discussed that in the past. So that's a big thing for me is you can't individually say, okay, well, this whole entire food group is bad. What if we use that food group as a stepping stone to get to a better place and a better destination for our nutrition and for our health? There can be leverage and importance to that. There can be a value to it. So I don't want you to think of, well, that entire group is just completely out of the equation. Now, if you're a high-level athlete, a collegiate athlete, or you're a very uh, experienced fitness enthusiast and you're at a 15% body fat and you want to get down to 10% body fat, now we may want to start looking at, okay, we're going to cut out gluten and wheat-based foods, cereals, um, a lot of grains. Yeah, okay, maybe those will be options. And maybe we're going to rely more heavily on fruits and vegetables and monitoring our caloric intake more and our macronutrient ratio more. But that's, again, where do we lie on that spectrum? So that's the first question I want you guys to ask yourself. And again, that question might even be hard by itself. And that's where you still might need a professional to say, okay, well, we can come in and we can even refer out for you guys. Where are you on that spectrum? Where do you lie and where do you need to go? Okay, but that's just one aspect to it. So, again, we looked at may or may not be on one part of the spectrum with our goals. Going back to the kitchen rescue pack, let's look at some food items. No matter where you're at on that spectrum, what's gonna be good for you? What do we kind of want to base it off of? Okay, so we have protein. That's definitely gonna be something everybody's gonna need because. Regardless if you're exercising or you're not, your body has muscle. 
even if you don't work out, you don't think you have muscle, I promise you, you have muscle. If you have a heartbeat and if you're breathing, you have muscle because guess what? Your heart is built of muscle. There goes my timer telling me it's time to start the podcast, by the way. So I apologize for that. But again, if you have a heartbeat and you have a, you're breathing, your muscles in your lungs and your heart are working. So that alone by itself is going to require a certain amount of protein. So you have our protein source. Then we have a vegetable source. And this is where it can get interesting. So you're going to hear different um, nutritional trends and different things where like, oh, well, some people are actually even just eating meat right now. And uh, on Joe Rogan's podcast, he had a guest on that was a doctor talking about how he just eats meat. I will seldomly work in vegetables and how there's certain populations, whether it's um, in frigid temperatures, the Eskimos or whatever the, the terminology you want to use for those um, environments, in a, whether it's Alaska or South Pole or, again, Far North Pole, wherever you want to talk about it, they eat more meat-based um, protein sources that are higher in fat and, again, higher in protein, and they're seldomly going to have vegetables or carbs or anything else coming in, and that's possible. But, again, we have to look at where do we lie on the spectrum, okay? So let's just kind of put that to the side. We're talking about kind of well kind of – balanced and uh, healthily comprised food options. So we have our protein, we have our vegetables, and here we like to call them smart carbs in the kitchen rescue pack, but you can consider these, um, let's say, a balance between non-starchy and starchy carbs that are going to be ideal for pre- and post-workout when your body is going to be either burning up its glycogen storages, your sugar storages, it either just did or it's about to, or you want to kind of get your peak performance, carbohydrates can play a big role in that. And again, that's also kind of assuming we're taking ketogenic lifestyle-based diets out of the equation for this one. We can talk about where you can even have carbohydrates, on, believe it or not, on a carbohydrate, uh, on a keto-based diet, it's just very, very low, like very seldom. Again, that's going to be more your vegetables. and It's going to come from pretty much all your other food choices. You're not really going to need to add in your extra smart carbs. Now, the beautiful thing is about even with that kind of a lifestyle, keto-based lifestyle, with exogenous ketones, you can up. You can take, let's say you're going to be at a 50 grams of carbohydrate intake a day. You can even up it to 80 to 100 grams of carbs with an exogenous ketone supplement which basically allows you to stay in ketosis as carbs kind of come in for an energy source, which that's another topic for another day. So we won't dive too much into it. And then our last category to run out, we really have four basic categories we're going over is, again, our protein, our vegetable, smart carbs, and the last one is going to be healthy fats, okay? And none of these individually, in my opinion, and and, in a lot of healthcare professional opinions, should be ignored, but also should be just completely... um, supported in and of itself. What I mean by that is you you really shouldn't just live off one of these food groups, whether it's the protein, the vegetable, the smart carbs, the healthy fats. I don't think that's an intelligent choice, but we also shouldn't just drop one of them altogether either. Each one of these categories brings value, and that's what we're looking from the grocery store and our food shopping lists. So we're looking to add some of your favorite food items from each of these, whether it's for our protein, we're talking about uh, beans, eggs, meats, um, for our meats, we have chicken, red meat. We can also go with our lamb. or it, And again, the seafood, uh, it, it depends on, again, what type of lifestyle you're leading and also what your body's sensitive to because then you can also go to some dairy base or some yogurt, some cottage cheese, 
Again, still staying in that protein realm, diving into seafood even more. Again, we can go to our porks and our lambs. So that's one aspect of it, okay? But what I recommend when we're looking at protein, make a list of the things that you want and ideally try and get as fresh source as possible, okay? Try to stay away from the freezer. Try and stay away from the kind of uh, the longer it's going to last you, the better idea. That's really not going to be the best case. That's where it can get frustrating for a lot of people because we all have lives. We have work. We have families. What's going on? It's hard to kind of keep up that time. And again, it depends on where you fall on the spectrum of your goals. If you're trying to be the elite level athlete as a professional, then you're going to want to spend more time and resources on getting daily fresh. You may even have to have someone help you with that. If you're a fitness enthusiast and you just want to try and complete or put together a complete healthy lifestyle, then okay, maybe frozen meats may be an option for you and frozen vegetables and frozen fruits. That's even what I use, especially when I'm not in fight camp, when I'm not trying to completely peak out of my performance is I will use more frozen-based options because I still am getting nutrients out of there. I'm still keeping those good food choices is it ideal? No. And is it the best thing? Probably not. But again, it falls within line within the lifestyle I'm at at that current point and the goals I'm trying to achieve at that current moment because uh, you hear me say this all the time, the perfect plan may not always be perfect. It's the perfect plan for you. What's realistic in your lifestyle at that given moment, okay? Because if I give you a whole list of food and you got to cook daily, you got to go food shopping daily, you got to prep daily, if that's not realistic time-wise or financially for you or even food choice-wise, you're not going to eat it, then it's it's a failure in and of itself. So that's that part of it. So then again, when we talk about vegetables, whether we're talking about our broccoli, cabbage, green beans, bok choy, um, the kale, the list goes on and on. And I'm going to kind of give you guys even more of a longer resource again in our kitchen rescue pack, but also you'll see it in the written content here to give you some more ideas of in our food shopping list, what you should be going for. But again, we're going to base it out with not only our vegetables, but we're also going to be looking at fruits. We're going to also be looking at our protein sources. We're also going to be looking at the variety of protein sources of, again, whether it's meat, seafood, eggs, cheese, and then also some that really kind of get left behind a lot of times is our herbs and spices. This is something I talked about in the last um, podcast, not our most recent pod, but the last podcast I did for the Audible book breakdown, which is our memory rescue talking about how herbs can be a big value to the brain and also they can have high antioxidant levels and come in handy with our nutrition and metabolism. So that's something I don't want you to forget about, not only from the health value, but then also from a taste standpoint. A lot of times we end up adding things which can jack our calorie levels up when we can just add in herbs and spices, which are going to be super low calorie, change the flavor and the aroma of the food and deliver even more value just from a health standpoint again. Excuse me. So that's a big one. So go through our food shopping list here. Again, I broke it down, kind of went into some more details here. And now you're also going to see me not just list all what I just talked about, but I also put grains up here. I put nuts, seeds, and legumes as well, uh, obviously in different categories. And the reason, again, I put grains is, again, it depends on the spectrum where we're at. If you're someone that's coming from naturally, like let's say I'm Italian and German, if I'm used to having pasta all the time and I'm used to having um, rice or if I'm used to having lots of cereal and even oatmeal or or whatever those food choices are and I try and do a 180, I'm more than likely going to fail. So I want to slowly transition where I still am probably going to have grains and pastas in my nutrition protocol and eventually you can progress yourself to where now let's say I'll maybe have it once every other week. 
or once a month where I'm having pastas and and more grain-based things. But I still have it in my routine, A, so that I don't... Here's an interesting thing too, guys. When we completely eliminate a food choice or category, you become more sensitive to it. Okay, And unless you have a real dangerous allergy where it's going to infringe upon your health, exposing yourself to that food helps build your body's uh, resistance to it to an extent. What I mean by that, it's like, for example, and this is going to be a rough comparison here and just stick with me on it, is why do you expose yourself to the flu or um, different types of vaccination? So your body can build antibodies and, and become resistant to it. Now, it's not exactly, that's not how the body works exactly when you eat foods, but as you, as you have to metabolize certain foods, let's say dairy, for example, that's a big one, lactose intolerance. Um, if you completely eliminate dairy from your diet, right, and you are intolerant to dairy, what happens is your body will never have to properly digest and metabolize it. So those processes never really have to be worked. Okay. Now, if you slightly expose yourself to it from time to time, even if it's every three months, it's still not going to be amazing. It may not feel great for you. And or your body will build up those processes to be able to at least metabolize it and be a little less sensitive to it. Now, again, this is from person to person. I'm not saying everyone should do this. And again, if you have a allergy, a severe allergy where it's potentially going to be deadly or really cause some inflammatory markers to jack up in your body, probably don't do that. Like if you have a severe fish or egg or cheese or dairy allergy to the point where your throat's going to close up, okay, obviously that's not a good call. Or if you have a nut allergy to where your skin becomes red just from being in the same environment as it, obviously again, I don't recommend doing that. But if you're just concerned and you're reading things, you're like, well, you know what? We're all slightly sensitive to gluten and wheat or dairy or whatever have you. That may be true, but as you start to ignore it and pull it from your diet, you're going to become even more sensitive to it. So I recommend just cycling it in from time to time just so that you have that variety in the choices to be able to have it if you need to, okay? So that's my little spiel on that part of it. So again, we have our food shopping list. We're going into the whys and the whats. We talked a little bit about the ingredients. And again, I didn't go into too many uh, details on specific ingredients because that we can save you for another day. But what I do want you to do is, again, look at that food label. Look at how many ingredients are in it. How many of those ingredients do you recognize, first off? And also know the ingredients are listed in the amount of quantity and volume that they're featured in the food. So if you turn over your cereal, for example, and you see, okay, um, the second ingredient sugar, guess what? There's going to be a good amount of sugar in it. And you can even see it in the serving size. All right, there's 16 grams of sugar in this, which may or may not sound like a lot to you, but keep this in mind roughly, depending on how big you are, how small you are, again, your diet and other factors, you're probably going to want to stay between 20 and 35 grams of sugar a day, more or less. Again, Certain variables can change and alter that, but that's so. If you're getting half of your sugar from one serving of one food choice, probably not the best food choice for you. So keep that in mind as well. Okay, so let's say we're going into our grocery store. We we got it covered. All right, I got my list. I know what I'm getting. I'm getting my fruits. I'm getting my vegetables. I'm getting all these good things. Um, I know I'm looking at those food shopping labels. Boom. Okay, let's go into a plan of attack. Another really helpful hint and tip that I've heard and that holds true is that if you work the borders or the boundaries of the grocery store, that's where you're going to pretty much hit most of the things you're going to want on your list. For example, your meats, your um, if you're going to have dairy and you're going to have certain things like your yogurts or your cottage cheeses, those are again are going to be on the boundaries. Your vegetables, your fruits, all those things are going to be on the boundaries. When you have to walk through the aisles, the only things you're probably really going to want from those aisles is going to be herbs and spices, maybe perishable items like 
paper plates and cups, things like that, and paper towels, things along those lines. Nothing you're really going to consume. Possibly nut butters, depending on the store. But for the most part, they shouldn't be too far away from those boundaries um, or the, the borders on the outside. As well as, again, when we talk about frozen fruits and vegetables and some frozen items, you also see that. But for the most part, it shouldn't be in those middle aisles. It should be still closer to those um, surrounding aisles and closer to the outside border. So that's just something to keep in mind. Try and work the border, the perimeter, have a list, go in with a plan, and avoid going through each and every aisle. Because guess what? Another thing that is, a, is a, in my opinion, a rookie mistake that I still will make from time to time is going food shopping hungry. Don't do that. Why even put yourself in that situation? Because you will shop with your eyes more than what your stomach can really handle. And then once you have it in your house, guess what? The biggest thing, the biggest rule of thumb I try and get across to people is if it's in your house, you're going to eat it. Whether it's – I don't care how disciplined you are. At a certain point, eventually it will happen where you will eat it. It's going to be a matter of time. Eventually it will happen or it goes bad and you throw it out, which hopefully doesn't happen either because that's a waste of money. So why even put it in your house if it's going to go bad? If you have, let's say, a significant other that's not – on the same, let's say, uh, lifestyle as you, maybe you can work something out where you're like, hey, listen, that's fine if you want to have a snack or whatever and that doesn't bother you, but keep it outside the house. Do it on your own time. Do it outside of here where it's not going to be an issue. And if that is still an issue, then you maybe want to have a bigger conversation of both getting on the same page and really consider, do they have your best interest at heart and do you have their best interest at heart and try and figure out a middle ground here. Or if you have kids, that's another tricky part. Or sometimes kids can be very picky and fickle about what they're going to eat but think of it this way you have to set the standard you are the parent you are the role model you have to give them that uh, guidance to be able to say yes i understand you want an ice pop right now or whatever the the sweet tooth or whatever the food choice may be but a if you're living that kind of a lifestyle saying look mom and dad are doing it this way this is what we recommend and then you can start to and honestly the sooner and the younger you can get them the better but if let's say You've lived a life and your kids are getting older and they're even pre-teens or they're past the five or eight mark, five or eight-year-old mark, and they've seen you eating a certain life, you've gained weight, they're kind of used to eating a certain way. It's going to be harder, but it's not impossible, and you still have that kind of responsibility, in my opinion, to them and yourselves to set that standard for them and help them out down the road, okay? Now, also, there's the other side of it with uh, – I've even had it personally where – you know, my parents wanted me to eat healthy, but I just didn't want to. I had certain habits established, um, which I didn't. You know, I still had good foods and we had good dinners and all that, but I still wanted to eat snacks, especially when I went to school. They couldn't control what I was eating. And if they wouldn't give me, let's say, snack money or whatever, I would just, when I would work, I'd make my own money and then I'd get whatever I want. So it does also come up to the, the child at a certain point, but you can do the best that you can in your environment, control as much as you can to set them up for success. Okay, we do it with school, we do it with athletics, we do it with life in a lot of other ways. Why not do it with their health and with their food choices? So that's going down to that part of it. And again, one thing to be very wary of is the marketing behind these brands and companies. So even if you are staying on the boundaries of the food store and you try and avoid all those other aisles of grains and cereals or whatever have you the sugary sweeter things even for the yogurts and even for the um let's say almond milks or your whatever your food choice is when you start to see um let's even say a hundred percent fruit juice 
Just because it's 100% fruit juice doesn't mean that there's not any kind of sugar added to it. it of course, they used 100% fruit juice, but they added sugar. And even if they didn't add sugar on top of it, 100% fruit juice still isn't a great choice because the benefit to fruit, a majority of fruit, is the fiber that comes with the fruit, not just the fruit itself. Because fruits are going to have higher sugar content for the most part. And the more you can have water content with them and fiber with them, which usually comes either from the skin or the food itself, it's going to slow the digestion down and it turning into sugar. So you want to be very wary of fruit juices, especially those that try and advertise, oh, now double the fruit juice, or even if it says 100% fruit juice. Still, I, I really implore you to look at the sugar content of itself. And then also look at the ingredients. Is it just 100%, let's say it's pineapple juice. Is it 100% pineapple juice? Or when you look at the ingredients, it says pineapple, um, sugar, uh, sugar powder, or, or whatever, any extra ingredients or any kind of preservatives. That's a definite no. But even if it is still 100% pineapple juice, you have to be very weary of, okay, so one glass, eight ounces, is going to be 120 to 150 calories, probably you know 18 to 30 grams of carbs and or sugar. Still not the best choice. You're better off eating a serving of pineapple that you did yourself or you, you bought that's been pre-cut up for you. So that's just one example. And again, we dive into some mixing and matches and more details of a food shopping list, not just in the content below, but also on our Kitchen Rescue Pack. So I highly recommend, if you haven't already downloaded the Kitchen Rescue Pack or got access to it, because at this point it's been locked up in our Fitness Nutrition Vault. So what I'm going to do is, if you don't want to become a Fitness Nutrition Vault member, I'll give you guys an option to, you can just purchase it from our shop. Um, I'll make it. Uh, I want to try and keep it under everyone's budget, so um, you guys can click a link here and get access to it. But anyone that's been following us for a while, you guys should have gotten access to it while it was still available uh, to the public. So props to you guys for taking advantage of it. And yeah, if you guys really have an issue and if it's really out of your budget and you can't afford it, reach out to me. Just shoot me an email. Um, hit us up on social media. I'll make sure that you can get a hold of it if it's really a problem. Um, and yeah, if you guys have questions and more details, uh, I'm more than happy to ask, uh, answer them and feel free to ask because we really want, especially I want to help you guys. Our team wants to help you guys and we want to make sure that we get all the tools necessary. And again, in the kitchen rescue pack alone, it's a great resource in our fighter's guide. It's a great resource. Listen to it, share it. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys found this helpful. Um, one thing I didn't fully break down was the ratio and macronutrients, which is that gets into a really more uh, complicated topic in and of itself, which we've broken down in other articles, which I can link to. But just keep in mind, it again, depends on where you're at, what your goals are, what your body type is, what your genetic expression of your genes are. There's so many factors that come into play. First, just start with some things we covered in the tips of getting whole foods, getting items that are going to be fresh. If it's a non-perishable item, get it from a source that you trust. Also, make sure that the ingredients aren't going to be crazy and things that you haven't heard of. They're not going to be synthetic chemicals or preservatives. They're going to be relatively clean products. And that's when we talk about clean is it's something that either comes from the ground, can be grown, it's something that you have to un- – unfortunately kill to get it which if you think about it, even vegetables everything has a life and there's going to be a sacrifice there so i understand the vegetarian and vegan perspective to you want to preserve life and avoid cruelty especially animal cruelty and i'm not for necessarily endorsing animal cruelty but there's humane ways that we can go about having meat and that's another 
topic of conversation for another day. I'm not going to try and sway anyone to do it. But just be aware of if you are going to be on a more vegan, vegetarian-based lifestyle, there's ways to do it, but you have to be very calculated with your plans. Make sure you're getting certain types of supplements and making sure that certain B vitamins, uh, vitamin D, other micronutrients, and other protein sources are properly uh, calculated so that you're getting in the things that you need. And that's pretty much it. That's what I'm going to leave you guys with for today. So again, big thank you to our sponsor, NutriPrice, that made this uh, podcast possible. You can check them out again at NutriPrice.com. Click the link below. As always, the Life of a Fighter shop where you can get our kitchen rescue pack. If you're already a Fitness and Nutrition Vault member, it's in our blog. Just type it in. It'll pop up. And if you want to get fitness uh, and nutrition vault access, again, you can get that over at the shop. Our pro coach memberships over at the shop. We have online consulting, all our fun stuff. We work with clients now in person as well as online. Um, We're constantly expanding. So keep checking in. Ask questions if you guys have them. And I will check you guys next time on the Life of a Fighter podcast. Peace. So I just wanted to say thank you guys again for watching, listening, consuming that episode. If you guys enjoyed it and you haven't already, please like, uh, please comment. If you haven't reviewed, please leave a review. If you haven't followed or subscribed, please do that as well. Again, it tremendously helps us out. And then just a quick reminder, if you guys want more resources, we have them below. We have our programs, everything from free all the way up to paid and kind of everything in between dial in with the customization and we have more information on different programs and resources in our newsletter. So if you haven't signed up for that, do so below. It's free and that is it y'all. See you on the next one.